0: I'm Elena Salinas, software engineer and host of the Women in Tech Show, a podcast about what we work on, not what it feels like to be a woman in tech. For more information about the show, go to wit.fm. Marketing and storytelling are important components of product development because they allow companies to reach their audience and share their message. Miri Rodriguez, head of global intern programs at Microsoft, explained what storytelling is and its role in brand development. Miri is the author of the book, Brand Storytelling. Put your customers at the heart of your brand story. Miri, welcome to the Women in Tech show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks, Miri. I'm excited as well. Today, I want to talk with you a lot about storytelling one thing that I saw on your personal website that you wrote, and I'm going to quote, in today's digital world, the words story and storytelling are often being misused and misunderstood. In what ways have you found them to be misused or misunderstood? Yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, when storytelling became mainstream, if you will, in, in the market, people began to associate storytelling as a marketing tool. They think that, you know, it's just a, either a marketing or communications tool tool and it isn't it's it's more than that it's it's a it's not just a tool it's a culture activator it is a way that we've been communicating with each other for you know since the beginning of time so it's nothing that's new so i think it's been misused in the sense that people think it's a, it's a new approach to marketing techniques and it isn't it's is something that is a cognitive ability that all of us have and now in the digital age as new inventions new technologies Robots, automation have entered the communication and the marketing spaces. Now we're looking at our own cognitive abilities, going back to the basics, if you will, to connect with one another with the one thing that works. And that is connected stories and experiences. That's getting to the heart of who we are as humans. Decomposing or moving away from the business talk or the social talk and really getting into what really connects us at the heart level, which
0: is stories. So you're mentioning this is not particularly something you see in marketing and communications. You did also say we're moving away from the business side of things. However, I am kind of curious about the ways in which you've seen storytelling at your job at a big company like Microsoft. Are there any ways in which it's part of your job or that you've seen it throughout the company?
1: Oh, absolutely. So you know, I recently moved, recently meaning uh, in the last couple of years, I moved into the HR function, not being ever in HR. That is not my profession by trade. And I was actually, I came from engineering where I was doing storytelling as a way to tell the stories of digital transformation at Microsoft. So it was not a marketing technique. It was more of a learning capacity that we were sharing with our customers from engineers to engineers. In that function, I was then brought to HR to use the very same storytelling techniques to actually activate uh, culture with our students in our student program, bringing in you know new talent, diverse talent, inclusive talent, and making them part of our DNA. How do we make them part of our DNA? With their stories right? They become part of our story, the brand story at Microsoft. And so when you think about storytelling holistically and beyond, as I said, the communication piece, I'm moving away from you know the idea that it's a marketing technique, which it can be, but it's not only that. When we look at storytelling from a blueprint perspective of how we can enable spaces for people to become part of something That is the magic of story. The way I'm doing that today in my work is, you know, as we bring in new talent to Microsoft, young talent, fresh talent, they're eager to be part of our DNA. We create the space so they can be part of the story and make themselves and own the Microsoft story. When we say we are here to empower, we exist to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. That is the mission at Microsoft. How do these students and these new generations come in and make that their own mandate how are they owning that empowerment becoming empowered themselves and that is the story we don't impose it on them we don't tell them what it looks like they tell it to us so we've created channels we've created avenues where they co create their own experiences at microsoft we create open mic experiences where they can share how they're feeling and navigating you know, current events socioeconomic events Pandemic, right? All of the things that are happening and how they're dealing and navigating through this. This is also part of the story. They are making story, and then we also create avenues such as a culture radio show. Uh, We call it Culture Hour. We bring in experts. We bring in people from all parts of you know outside and inside Microsoft to come and talk about these things that are occurring. How we can you know live the Microsoft life better, generally collectively as people, but also individually. How we're navigating all of these things. So that is storytelling, right? We are all part of a big story, a bigger story, but we also have an individual story that we're navigating through. And that's when it becomes a culture activator because the storytellers are us. And so we drive that narrative in the end.
0: You're describing a lot what where storytelling is present in your experiences at Microsoft. And so we're focusing a lot on the business side of things. You mentioned it was present back when you worked more in the engineering side of things, and now you're in HR. I want to take a step back now and talk about storytelling in general. In your opinion, what are some of the core components of storytelling? Yeah, so, you know, story in general has
1: three main components or ingredients if you will it it's made of a character a plot and a conclusion those are the three basic elements of story so in other words if it doesn't have One of the three is not not considered a story, but I want to go beyond that because storytelling is not just the telling of story. It's actually the designing of story, taking time to build the attributes, the structure, you know, the elements that are rising beyond the basic elements. What are those things? Well, in, in my experience, one of the key elements of storytelling is emotion. How to drive emotion from a character, a plot, and a conclusion? Because that's actually what keeps the audience engaged. If a story is not driven by emotion, it's not memorable, and it doesn't serve the purpose, right? The the idea around story is that it will awaken a human emotion, whether it's a you know it's a happy emotion, whether it's a sad emotion, whatever it is, if it awakens that that feeling in us, then we stay connected and we we immerse ourselves in the storytelling. An example of that is when I was doing stories about these engineers, operational engineers, support engineers that were actually becoming cloud engineers. And this was something new to them. They had never been this before because they had never used, you know, we had never moved data to the cloud before. And so through that story of digital transformation at Microsoft, I also uncovered there was a personal story, a personal transformation occurring in these engineering engineers who were having to elevate and evolve their own roles uh, to something new that had never existed before. Not, not, there was no cloud engineers before that, right? So there was a Personal transformation through the digital transformation. So we spoke about the feelings of fear. We spoke about the feelings of ambiguity and apprehension in this process of digital transformation of the unknown, of what would happen to their jobs and their careers, how that would look in the future. And so those are the stories that other engineers were thinking about because they were also feeling the same way. So story elements that are driven by emotion, if you add, you know, the character, the plot, and the conclusion, but then you add. It the element of feeling, of emotion, then you have a really good chance to capture your audience the best way. Then you have structure. So the way that the story will land, a structure is, diff- there's many different ways to land the story. It could be uh, in written form, it could be in visual form, it could be in spoken word form. So that's a structure of story. Then you have techniques, storytelling techniques. You've heard of maybe the hero's journey. That is a storytelling technique that somebody invented. I speak of design because I also talk about the fact that you get to design your own technique. The hero's journey may be one technique, but it's not not the only one. There's thousands of them and you can create your own based on your audience. And so think about the many ways that the story can land and the many ways that the story can be told. Uh, Those are basic elements of story.
0: In the beginning, you're mentioning there's more beyond the common three components, character, plot, and conclusion. And you're saying how there's a lot of focus on the process of designing the story. So you're describing this engineers and how there's that human emotion factor of embracing the new role that is happening and how to explain what that new role is and all the technical components from it. From your experience, what happens if you don't have this guidance. So I've heard you say that you have your own idea of your story and your brand. What about people that don't have this at all? What would you say are the benefits of thinking in this way?
1: Yeah, you know, for me, the way that I've uncovered the process that I've used or the model that I've used to, in order to make sure I don't miss those steps is the design thinking process is a five-step process to create an experience, a user experience. And I see story as a user experience, because it is. So the way that it served me is to really pause and think about the design aspect of story. What is the mission of that story? Who is it going to? Who is the audience? Back to those elements. Who are my characters? Where is the plot? What's the conclusion? What's the ultimate goal? So that forces me, that model forces me to think through all of these. When you don't use a model for designing story, if you just create a story without the you know really designing phases of thinking through what that experience will be okay. to your audience you miss out on a great opportunity to land the story in its best way stories have layers and stories have life of their own they're going to take a life of their own once the story lands somewhere somebody's going to read it take it consume it make it their own and they'll they'll give it life right they'll they'll connect with the story for good or for bad so the designing aspect of storytelling enables you and hopefully helps you devise a plan to make sure that it lands the best way. In design thinking, you actually create story concepts, not one big story. It's kind of small little prototype of stories that where you're testing little by little in the market, what may work in with your audience. The audience is volatile. The audience changes and evolves. The channels change and evolve. So, you know, it's very, we pretend that we know what will work, but we really don't know. I mean, anything can change immediately. So this is almost a, a better way, a surefire tried way in my estimation that if you're testing it, you're headed the right direction with what the audience will connect with at any point. If you don't do that, you miss that opportunity. And then the consequences could be that, you know, you not only that you don't land the story as it intended, but it backfires on you. And we see that a lot. I mean, there's a lot of brands out there that intended for a good story. They landed it in the market It backfired and they were not prepared for that. And even though the intentions could have been wonderful, they just didn't land well. It wasn't received well. They didn't take the time to design.
0: In your book titled Brand Storytelling, Put Your Customers at the Heart of Your Brand Story, you give various recommendations around storytelling. One of them that stood out to me was when you say, when you're working on your conclusion, keep your conclusion inconclusive. What do you mean by this? Yeah,
1: you know, so in storytelling, it's important to think through what keeps the customer engaged, right? When you hear a story or when you're watching a film, when you're reading a book, our initial response is to try to foretell that story, what's going to happen next, right? We want to foretell. We're curious and we want to know we're already thinking ahead. What might happen next? If we're able to actually accurately define that then we get bored we're like we disengage we're like okay i know what's going to happen next and you you foretold it and now now i know what's going to happen next keeping the conclusion inconclusive allows for two things one it keeps your audience engaged not knowing what's going to happen? What is the actual conclusion? What will happen next? It also alludes to the fact that your brand story or your story in general, it's not finished yet, right? There's an evolution process. Something else is happening. You haven't concluded the story. The story is not ending. So there's a continuance approach to storytelling. And that is what storytelling is. It's a long narrative that you're continuously reminding your audience why you exist, what you're doing in the market, what is for them. So if you conclude and you go, and this is it, the end, people turn off, they walk away. Okay, got lesson learned, right? But if they don't, you almost keep them curious as to what's going to happen next. That's the magic of keeping it inconclusive. On the other side, it also allows for the audience themselves to make that conclusion, to get their own learnings from it, if you will, think about a movie such as you know the Marvel comic movies that have come out recently. You know, in the series, they leave you hanging. You know, the conclusion hasn't happened yet, and you're just everybody's just walking out of the theater going, "Wow, what's going to happen next?" And they start ca- kind of you know trying to predict what that story, how the story may end. You keep your audience you know engaged into what's going to happen next, and, and really hungry for the next story. In the end, the storytelling is a long narrative. Driven by smaller stories of things that continue to happen and evolve with you as you evolve your brand.
0: Another point that you talk about is the fact that we're now in this data driven world where a lot of decision making is driven by data. What are examples of metrics that can be tracked when we are talking about branding or storytelling?
1: Yeah, so, you know, in, in my experience, Two things happened when I began to test stories in terms of metrics and KPIs. For me, I saw immediately that if the stories were connecting successfully with the audience, audiences engaged immediately and organically. So there was no paid media, it was just an organic engagement and by even by word of mouth because we love. That's how virality happens, right? That's why when, when things go viral, because we just connect with it and we share it. So that's just a, a human response to something that you know captures our attention. So organic engagement and also reach, because as a result, you share it. Those two things, I've tested them, and time and time again, come through as the metrics of real compelling stories. People connect at a very authentic level people stay on and they keep engaged and that's the authenticity of story it doesn't feel salesly it doesn't feel like an ad it doesn't feel like there's paid media behind it even though there might be in the case that i tested it there was no paid media behind it and the results were incredible and so you know again back to that testing idea If you create prototypes of stories, low cost, low effort, and begin to kind of, you know, pulse check your audience, they begin to respond to that or not. And so you know whether you're headed the right direction or not. In my testing, I have tested all kinds of different content within the same topic range. And when I've talked about the same topic in different angles, I see responses in different ways. And it ends up being that the more vulnerable the stories are, the more engagement I receive and the more shares I get. So again, it's really understanding how your audience is is thinking through and responding to your stories. All audiences are different as well. So we can't pretend that it's one size fits all. If I have a hybrid audience, which I often do, I have to change my storyline in order to appeal to the other audience as well so it's never one size fits all
0: can you give an example of a topic in two or three different ways in which it can be approached Absolutely.
1: I'll speak of a personal story that I share for my personal brand. So in my story, I share a moment where I was bullied early in my career by four women when I joined Microsoft. And so my initial audience, when I shared the story was actually to other women, younger women early in career. And so of course my, my story was, I was almost 10 years younger than the audience. So I had to be relatable. I had to, you know, Leverage its story from an angle that they would relate to me and not see me as someone, you know, higher in level or older. So I wouldn't relate. So I had to come into their perspective and their audience and their, you know, their environment. As the story unfolded, then I learned that there was an opportunity to talk about allyship. And so the story changed in essence even though the the story was the same in topic there's a person in the story who actually uh, you know stepped in to help me so i talk about allyship and this this time the audience is really you know a male audience who when we talk about being allies for you know for women in the tech space so even though it's the same story it changes because of the actual audience being male and then i talk to the industry right so the story is in general gender inequality or the things that women go through in the industry being that we're only less than 2% of the industry in tech. And so as I address the hybrid audience of the tech industry, the same topic, the same story changes in essence when I address a hybrid audience. So again, the story takes different layers and different forms. For this particular exercise, when you want to see the different layers of your story, I recommend using a brainstorming tool called Scamper. You can look it up online. SCAMPER stands for an acronym. And it just helps you take the story that you've created and go submit it through different layers of like, you know, can I reverse something in the story? Can I eliminate? Can I add? Can I change? And just forces you to think of what other angles does the story have that you had not considered. And that enables you to also be inclusive, things that you had not considered originally in your story of how I might
0: Exactly. There are different components to a story and depending on who you're talking to, you can uncover different angles, right? That's what you're saying?
1: Absolutely. But you have to design it that way, right? You have to think through and not just think, okay, I have a great story in hand. I'm just going to go with it. You know, submit it through that and really think how many different ways can it be told and and with whom? how many, you know, angles and how many audiences can this reach, right?
0: This might not really be related to the storytelling component, but I do find it shocking still in our industry that women are the minority and you're mentioning you had been bullied by four other women. It's, it's like why women are bullying other women, right? I've encountered subtle issues where we should be helping each other and like we're not competing against each other, but I see the opposite and it's just shocking to me. I don't know if you had any thoughts around this. Yeah,
1: I've been, you know, I've thought about this myself because when I experienced that, that was something that led me to really think through why the why is important. And you know, I've arrived at different conclusions. One of them being because we are not so many in the industry. As we reach different, you know, I guess roles and different levels within the industry, it gets harder, and we we kind of become. I'm speaking in general. We can we possibly can become. You know, I don't know how to say this, but it's it's almost like we we want to be defensive in our in our position and think that you know our role may be taken away. I don't really understand. You know, I've never thought of it that way, but I think that may be a possibility. The other one is is just we become hardened, right? Because we don't have a lot of allies or we be, we don't have a lot of mentors. I didn't get a mentor that was a woman. Never. I mean, all my mentors have been men. Uh, so that's there's also this idea of really taking an introspective journey and saying. How do we serve each other? And you're right, we're not competing, but it may feel like we are uh, because it's just such a small cohort of people in such a big industry. So removing our own biases and removing our own ideas that we might be competing with each other that we are not and that we're here to actually serve each other and, and lend a hand. each other. That's the best way, right? And that's what keeps us going and enables more spaces. I've done that uh, since my experience, since I didn't find a mentor, I became one. So I I do mentor uh, young women in tech early in career. And I became the one thing that I, I didn't find in the industry for myself. And of course, then I found a lot of wonderful women that are just like me uh, in lending a hand and, and just like you creating a platform to have these conversations. So more of those I've seen more and more, but definitely there's always pockets. And I hope that, you know, we move past that in the spirit of international women's day. And, you know, that's coming up next and, you know, the women's history month, we really truly we are better when we, when we serve together.
0: I want to shift back the conversation a bit now to storytelling More on the future of storytelling. When you talk about this, you reference technologies like artificial intelligence, machine learning, and automation. Can you talk about the roles of these technologies in storytelling and brand building?
1: Yeah. You know, one of the things that really served me when I was in core services engineering was being close to the technology that is being created, the future technology. It's really exciting. It's a little bit scary, if you ask me. And all of it to say, as we think of the role of, for example, robots, machines, uh, not just machine learnings, but machines and how they're going to how they've already integrated themselves into our day to day. You know, we call Cortana for help. We talk to Siri. We talk to Alexa, and it's just a conversation we're having with a machine, right? When machine learning happens and they develop their own algorithms and their own communication styles, they will be disrupting, and they are disrupting already our communication, the human to human communication. So. When I think about how we can best integrate these technologies in our storytelling, it's important to recognize the place that these machines will take more and more in the operationality of communication and how we need to keep our human component to that. Machines will help us get, you know, maybe translate languages immediately. So we don't have to think about it twice. It'll be, you know, immediate translation and we can communicate faster with someone in another country that will happen, but it doesn't embed in, you know, in us, the empathy toward the other person on the other line. It doesn't embed the actual understanding of, of someone's experience. And so, The empathy factor, the authenticity, and the human core factor still is up to us to deliver that and to be intentional with that in our communication. And I think storytelling helps us do that. Will a machine be able to tell a story? Absolutely, because it's been created to do that with an algorithm, but they won't tell it from heart, right? They won't tell it from experience that they've lived. They tell it because they've been told to tell it. uh, They've been programmed for that. So there there will be a difference in the way that we humans continue to drive the connectedness of human communication, of, of what that means, of when we say a word, the meaning behind it, the emotion behind it, you know, the authenticity behind it, which machines will not be able to do
0: one last thing i want to ask you is about creating our own platforms i've heard you mention in other interviews that it's important that we do it because nobody else is going to do it for us what do you mean by creating a platform what is a platform
1: yeah, so of course, you know, to, just to close up on that idea of human communication in the digital age and leveraging machines. Today, we live in the digital age. If you don't show up there, you pretty much don't exist. And we've seen this more and more accelerated through COVID 19, and we'll see it more in the post COVID 19 era. We have, you know, the digital transformation has happened, and we have embedded ourselves in a an environment that is digital that is virtual and so that is the platform the platform is building your place in the digital space so that you are known that your work is done no longer is it just you going into work into a space that nobody else sees but your boss or your colleagues and they see your work you have to create your digital presence and your digital brand so that people know and you get recognized for that outside of the, you know the four walls that used to be an office or your office workspace. So uh, today, now more than ever, it's important that you build and use that platform. If you don't, you know, somebody else will, and it will be possibly what you want it to be. So it is, you know, I often say you are the CEO of your SEO. SEO stands for search engine optimization. So you have to find yourself, Google yourself, Bing yourself. And if you don't show up, or the content that you don't want is there, or if somebody else shows up instead of you, those are all problematic things you have to contend with. You have to show up well. That is your footprint today. So create yourself a platform in the digital space. Create yourself a social presence, a digital presence, so that you can navigate this new world of digital and people can find you as well.
0: Miri, thank you for coming on the show. It's been really great chatting with you about storytelling. Thank you so much for
1: having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for using your platform uh, to have people like me come in and and borrow your audience and share some insights. Thank you.
0: Definitely. It's always great to have other Latinas in the show.
1: That's right. Me encanta. Gracias.